Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is a Wednesday edition as we have a short week because Patriots are somehow going to be back on our television screens Thursday night tomorrow as they travel down to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers and what we always call Heinz Field, but I think it's, what, Acrisure Stadium or something like that these days. But uh, it is Brian Heinz from Pat's Pulpit, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub to preview that game. So, Alex, I guess I'll start with a question to you. We don't officially know it's Bailey Zappi under center yet, but all signs point to him getting his second straight start. Well, he kind of said yesterday it was going to be him. And that was an interesting comment where where he was asked about it. He was like, yeah, you know, they haven't announced it, but I'll let them announce that I'm starting. He's like, coach has made it pretty clear, but he can announce it. So all signs look like it's Bailey Zappi under center again tomorrow night. Will they score any points on offense against Pittsburgh in this one? I mean, do you know how <laughs> rare it is for a team to get shut out two weeks in a row? Uh, I Maybe the defense gives them a short field. I, I This is a tougher defense than what they faced last week, and they got shut out last week. So I'm not overly optimistic about that no yeah i mean i'm kind of with you and that's we can get right into that steelers defense that's one of the things i'm most concerned about is the pressure right bailey zappy was sacked five times pressure it was right around 35 36 percent and like that chargers defensive line it's kind of the Khalil max show and he's a really good pass rusher he leads the league right. backs but this is a different beast with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and uh, Cam Hayward in the middle there. And I mean, Bill gushed about TJ Watt for, you know, five, six minutes today in his press conference. So good test for Mike Onwenu on the outside after struggling with Khalil Mack. He's going to get a lot of TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith. You know, how's Cole Strange going to do against a powerful Cam Hayward? And like, how's Bailey Zappi going to look? Because if he's under pressure again a lot this week, is he going to start, you know, a lot of people praised him and he deserved praise for his work in the pocket. You know, he's moving around making rushers miss last week, but if he gets a second straight week of a lot of guys in his face and a lot of pressure, are we going to start to see some of those Mac Jones tendencies from him maybe? And he's going to start to get skittish and, you know, fading away in the pocket when he throws and maybe lose some of that confidence in that eternal clock. Yeah. I, I would not rule out him getting sped up. I think that that's definitely a, a, a possibility and it's why they need a pass protect better than they did last week. I think you look at, you know, across the board, you pretty much most of the spots you got, what you're going to get. I, I think Trent Brown probably can play better, but I think this is 
who he's going to be the rest of the way. You need a better performance for Michael Nguyen because he's supposed to be the linchpin of this whole thing, and he really struggled last week. And players have bad games. It happens. He's got to be better this week if the Patriots want to have a shot to actually really move the ball. Not Bill Belichick qualifying move the ball, <laughs> like really move the ball. Not 250 yards of moving the ball, but... Uh, yeah, Trent Brown is questionable with that ankle and a hand injury, which is kind of new. Uh, we could mention Riley Reef, who was on IR and back at practice the last three weeks. Today was his you know, window to be activated, and Bill said he's going to stay on IR, so he is done for the year. Uh, I think Bill said like three setbacks he had with that knee injury he suffered in that last preseason game, so Riley Reef is out of the equation now. So like, this is what you got. It's Trent Brown and Mike Onwenu, and did last week at all kind of flip your opinion on keeping Mike Unwinu at tackle for the long term here? Or maybe it was just one week against a good rusher. We'll see how he kind of bounces back against TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith this week. Yeah, pretty much that one. I, it, players have bad games. Like, it's definitely concerning, and I'll be watching him closer this game. But it, if he's solid the rest of the way, I'm not going to go back and be like, well, remember that Chargers game? He sucked. No, they need two tackles. Like, it, it, it happens. Let's see if he redeems himself. Yep. So that's that's one of the big things. Obviously, that Steelers front is very good. So, you know, how will they handle that? Is Zappy going to be running for his life all game to even have time to move the ball? But uh, the other big thing I was looking for was Zappy. Was how is just the whole kind of timing and the chemistry going to look? Because there were a lot of missed opportunities where a lot of guys looked like they were on different pages last week, and, and how will that look? You know, they only got one kind of walkthrough practice here this week, but how will it look in week number two as him, the full-time starter, handling all these reps throughout the week? Like, will you have more chemistry with Juju Smith-Schuster? And maybe you can get the ball to Tyquan Thornton more. And again, you have to block up front to even get those guys the ball. But that's another thing I'm going to be kind of looking for on some of those, you know, quick-hitting routes, those juke routes. Like, will there is that chemistry going to take us maybe a step forward in week two? Uh, was happy because they left some plays on the field because like you know david andrews summed it up really good yesterday he's like all 11 got to be on the same page all 11 got to be executing like it's offensive football to the t right like bailey zappy could make a good read he could make a good pass but if he's getting hit while he throws that pass it's not going to matter and you know the play is going to be a negative so like how is this going to look week two with zappy as the full guy, like, is it going to be maybe a little smoother? Probably not, but maybe it will be a little smoother. Well, look, it should, but at the same time, I would say that, again, they're, they're facing more defensive pressure this week, and it's not just TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. It's Minka Fitzpatrick, and I think some of those passes that Bailey Zappi threw last week that are maybe knocked away, Minka Fitzpatrick picks off, especially some of those over middle of the field routes, some of those dig routes, things like that. So, yeah, I... It should look better. I don't know how much better it's going to look, but I think that for everybody talking about the rain was an issue last week, there's challenges in this one too with it being a short week. Guys are not going to be the same physically as they would be for a Sunday game. You are going against a much, much, much better defense. And you look at that, the receiver depth chart. I mean, the injury report literally came out right before we went on air. Kayshawn Booty, shoulder out. Demario Douglas, concussion out. He's your most dynamic guy. And then you have Devontae Parker, who's questionable with a, a knee injury, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who's questionable with an ankle injury. So you're down to like four guys, maybe. Two of those guys are going to be limited. They're not explosive players anyway, and Devontae Parker and Juju, and now they have knee and ankle injuries. So you're back to kind of that same just 
group of Parker, Juju, Tyquan Thornton, and you know how much will they mix Jalen Rager in there? So it might not be uh, pretty, like, and that's really not a surprise with, with, with that group. So, yeah, I expect. Would you expect more of what you kind of saw from like Bill O'Brien from a game plan as last week? Like, still a lot of that simple stuff, and then. I know Zappy said, you know, they kind of adjusted in the second half to push the ball downfield more. And that's when you saw those jump balls to Parker become more prevalent that, you know, go route to Tyquan Thornton. Like, do you think they maybe be a little more aggressive or are they scared of this pass rush and someone like Minka Fitzpatrick roaming the middle of the field? Like Steelers are playing a lot of a man coverage this year. So like, what are you thinking from Billy O here at, for his kind of game plan? So last week they were very conservative and look, they were conservative for the whole game, but like, yeah. they were more conservative <laughs> in the first half. And then in the second half, they kind of opened it up a little bit and threw the ball a bit more down the field. Maybe like I, some of that might've been zappy too. I think there were some chances to throw the ball in the first half that he didn't. And maybe it, the adjustment wasn't necessarily changing the play calling, but just saying to him at halftime, Hey, you know, push the ball, go ahead, go for it. I almost wonder if they do the reverse this week where it's, because, I mean, look, the throw to, to Tyquan Thornton almost hit. I, I thought the throw to Thornton might have been an overthrow, but, like, realistically should be caught, even if it is an overthrow. The throw to Parker, he put where he needed to. Parker just couldn't keep himself in bounds. So he made a couple of decent throws there. I almost wonder if they go the reverse and say, all right, let's come out and try to open it up. And if it doesn't work, if we're getting beat up or the ball gets picked off, yeah, we'll kind of go back into the shell. But I would almost try. So here's where I can, I'm conflicted on it. <laughs> to, Two and 10 team. You got nothing to lose. You're trying to figure out what this guy has you. Yeah. Go out there and sling it. And then if it doesn't work, you go in the shell. So the kid doesn't get his brains beat in fine. Fair. That isn't really the way how they've approached things like, yeah. Oh, we're two and 10. Let's try this. They haven't been that team. So maybe they just get, maybe they're afraid of the defense and they just go super conservative the whole game. I could totally see that too, but I would almost rather come out aggressive and then pull back as opposed to coming out super conservative and then ramping up as the game goes on. Cause maybe you fall behind and now they're, excuse me, now they're playing the pass more. Maybe now they have a better read on what you're doing or something like that. Whereas I would come out, give them the best shot first and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of playing it like, maybe a nine and four team that's, you know, their starter gets hurt and they have their backup in for like a game or two. And they're just trying to survive a game or two. Right. And being like, maybe if you can go one and one and then we get our starter back and we're going to keep it conservative and rely on our defense. But like, as you said, they're two and 10, like what do you have to lose to go out there and just let Bailey Zappi try to sling it around, maybe try to cook something up, even let Zappi cook. But yeah, it's, been kind of a weird like really conservative game plan and it's been like that for a while really since i forget was it the saints game when bill said you know we're starting over after the blowout in the saints game was that the saints game or the cowboys game they said there were a few weeks they it was spent doing that it was i think it was it was definitely a home game so i think it was the oh then maybe it was the saints yeah, game. i yeah. think it was after the back-to-back -back blowouts and he's like oh we got to start over and since then they've really been like the screens have ticked up the last few weeks, but it's really been simple concepts throughout. So, but maybe they'll come out slanting. Right? Remember last year, Mac Jones hit the big explosive downfield to Nelson Aguilar in, in this matchup against the Steelers. So, right, uh, we know Zappy will give 
he loves giving Devontae Parker his chances downfield for those 50-50 balls. Uh, he gave Tyquan a chance, so maybe they'll they'll do some of that still because uh, it's also worth noting Ramondre Stevenson, as expected, is out with that ankle uh, injury. Probably done for the year. It's a high ankle sprain. So, yeah, that's like typically three or four weeks, and with five games left, there's no need to rush uh, Ramondre back here at this point of the season. So... Obviously a big load for Zeke you're expecting, but are we finally going to see maybe some Ty Montgomery or like Jamichael Hasty as a pass catching back here? Are you expecting Kevin Harris off the practice squad? Like what, what's, what's your plan behind, behind Zeke there? Well, so I, I always forget how the practice squad works for Thursday games and when they yeah. have to announce, I think it's technically by four o'clock today. Now, sometimes they, they get reported later, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they elevate Kevin Harris, but I think you're going to see a lot of Zeke, maybe a little bit of time Montgomery, but I think this could be a game where Zeke plays 75, 80% of the snaps, kind of like what Ramondre Stevenson was doing late last year. Cause I just, if they're going to play time Montgomery or sorry, similar to what did I said, that right. What Stevenson was doing last yeah. year. Uh, they close, if they were going to play time Montgomery running back, they would have done it. If they, you know, maybe Jermichael hasty a little bit, but I can't, I just, I just think they don't trust those guys and it's going to be a, a lot, a lot, a lot of Zeke. Yeah, I think it was Montgomery. What do you get one hand off or two? Like when Zeke just needed a breather last yeah. week, but uh, maybe so maybe they trust him a little more with a whole week to plan. But again, they haven't played this guy at running back all right. year until like break glass in case of emergency last week. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. The other thing, I think they can still technically make roster moves tomorrow. I, I don't think it, I, I think I it think. is tomorrow. I looked it up earlier, but I couldn't find like a stead rule for like the thursday but i think they have till tomorrow maybe to announce them i think in like instead of a practice squad elevation i think they can make like a roster move tomorrow oh really like sign someone right so they could place ramondre and ir and sign kevin or place somebody on ir whoever i I would guess ramondre but and sign kevin harris i think that they can still do until tomorrow that would be you wouldn't expect them to like sign and outside running back no. be Kevin Harris no it'd like, be Kevin yeah. Harris yeah it'd be Kevin Harris yeah at this point but yeah unless the that. only other guy actually JJ Taylor is on okay Houston, Houston's practice squad so they could sign him but even still that would be a stretch yeah yeah he's the only one that has experience in the system because Patrick Taylor left back to Green Bay he's on the active roster so they can't sign him and yeah it was really only JJ Taylor so I'd expect a big role for Zeke. Third down will be kind of interesting, though, because he struggled in pass pro last week. Obviously, the fourth down sack to Derwin James was mostly on Zeke. He got ran over a few other times. So maybe the the door may be open for a Ty Montgomery or a Jamichael Hasty to finally maybe get some pass catching snaps there on third down. But uh, anything else offensively uh, you're kind of eyeing? Maybe more tight end usage like Gasicki was real down last week as they went to those three receivers. You're you looking at any of that or any, anywhere else? I don't think we'll see a ton of Mike Gasicki. Cause again, it's one of those things where if he was going to play a bigger role, he would have played a bigger role last week. I think it's gonna be a lot of Devonte Parker. Zappy seems to like throw him to him. I think he's the guy that, that is going to be involved. Yep. I agree. So might be the same path as last week, unless they can, you know, maybe it looks a little cleaner, more, you know, timing. The chemistry is better with another zappy start, but that pressure is really going to be the big test 
uh, up front because you know you can't have him running for his life back there because then the plays just have no chance against a really good front so uh that that's it for the offensive side of the ball we could quickly hear from our friends at FanDuel and then we can talk about some of that Steelers offense in the Patriots defense score early this NFL season with FanDuel you know it's America's number one sports book Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. So easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. So, I mean, I guess the Steelers have looked a little better since firing Matt Canada a few weeks ago, their offensive coordinator. But now Kenny Pickett got hurt. Their starting quarterback last week, ankle injury. He's out. So will be Mitch Trubisky under center, who the Patriots saw last year in that week two game. They won 17-14. And uh, I went back and looked at that and, you know, see how they kind of handled him a little bit. And they only blitzed him six times. Like, I thought it was kind of a game plan you just saw against his Chargers where, you know, keep him in the pocket. You know, you're not really rushing him because he's a mobile guy. He can move around a little bit. But, you know, we're going to make him try to make the right decision and beat you in coverage. And, and, you know, that's where Mitch Trubisky has kind of struggled, honestly, throughout his career. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe a similar game plan where, you know, you're dropping seven or eight guys in coverage most of the day and seeing if you can just, you know, get some pressure on them, but, but keep them in the pocket while, while you're doing so. Yeah. And Devon Godshaw talked about that this week, that if, if you let him beat you with his legs, he'll beat you with his legs. And, that's not what they want. And when they won the game last year, and again, Trubisky started last year, Pickett wasn't starting yet. Trubisky only, or yeah, Trubisky started, Pickett wasn't starting. Yet. Trubisky only carried the ball once for seven yards. So they did a very good job last year of containing Mitchell Trubisky and not letting him take advantage of things with his legs. It's something they've done a good job of this year as a whole. They did it against Josh Allen. They did it against Justin Herbert. Obviously those are much, much, much better quarterbacks. So they should be able to do it. And if you can do that and you make Mitch Trubisky throw, and by the way, the Steelers will be without Najee Harris. So even if you're somebody who thinks Jalen Warren's better, Warren's not going to get 100% of the carries. They're hurting somewhere, somehow. And you make them throw the ball more. Like last year, Trubisky threw the ball 33 times in that game. And if Mitchell Trubisky's throwing the ball 33 times, you don't want that as a defense. Right. Well, you do want it as a defense. The so, Patriots want that. Yeah, the Steelers right. do I not want that. That's where that all starts. Go out, you you can and last year they, they played a lot of coverage, they just get to him. But I I just think you know, go just go after him, but uh, uh with discipline, don't let him escape the pocket and force him to make the throws. Yep. So you gotta stop the run in order to do that, which 
Patriots have been very good at that. The best run defense in the league. Uh, a lot of statistics say, you mentioned Devon Gotch has been a big part of that. Christian Barmore, uh, he's questionable, but looks like he should be good to go. But like Jalen Warren's a real explosive back. And you mentioned like ch- kind of a change of pace with Najee, but like Jalen Warren over the last month, month and a half, maybe even two months has been like the most missed tackles forced in the league, the most yards after contact. So he he's an issue for a lot of defenses and, you know, will be a good test for this, you know, Patriots run defense that again has been very solid. So we'll see how they match up, but it's like, you got to tackle him, right? And we've seen some inconsistency with tackling. It's been better lately, but that's a guy you got to get on the ground and, and stop him and then make Mitch Trubisky throw the football. Right. And they've been good against the run. They were obviously very good against the run last week. It's something they've done the last few weeks. They've been good against the run. So you'd think that will continue. Yep. But uh, do you think the Steelers kind of offensive talents, weapons could, could be the difference in this one? Because they do have, you know, George Pickens, Get ready for a night full of George Pickens. Yeah, if George Pickens goes off, if this is one of like his three good games of the year, and yeah, I'm not a bit, he's better than Taekwondo. I'm not saying that that they got that pick right, but like you look at George Pickens, he either goes for like 10 catches for 140 yards or he does nothing. So maybe this is one of his big games. But yeah, certainly here's the thing. Both teams are dealing with deficiencies at quarterback. One team has players that can elevate that quarterback, skill position players that can elevate that quarterback. The other team doesn't. So I absolutely think that's possible. Yep, because it's, you know, Pickens, hit or miss, but good player when he's on. And then Deontay Johnson is, is a really good wide receiver, and Pat Fryermuth has been pretty active, Yeah, especially since they made that offensive coordinator switch. So he, he'll he be a good test for Duggar, Peppers, whoever's kind of in that. Well, that Mills had a really good game last week on the tight ends. True. He he could definitely be involved. So that, that'll be a good test for that, that safety group. But, yeah, if you look at these two teams side by side, like, statistically offensively they're kind of the same but like the talent definitely you know leans to the the Steelers side so if they could be the group that could elevate a Mitch Trubisky and kind of maybe steal this game right yep but I mean what do you think Patriots they need a turnover they multiple turnovers they need a score in order on defense to maybe win this game or, or keep them in this game yeah, they, they have to. Bill said it last week. We talked about this on the show on Monday. Bill blamed the defense for not creating turnovers, not giving the offense short fields, none of that, and or special teams. You can throw special teams in there too. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying that, that isn't what this offense needs. I'm saying to assign the blame there is bizarre, at least to do that publicly. But yeah, they, they, they can't, this team can't win a game without forcing turnovers. They just can't. Yep. They're not built for that. They're built for. The defense needs sports multiple turnovers. They need to win the special teams margin. Last year, this came down. This game came down to special teams play. Do you remember that? Gunnar Oshevsky. Yeah. Uh, or Schooler. Yeah. The, it was the one. Wasn't that the one where Brendan Schooler gave the ball to Bill? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it, it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to the margins and who can create not on offense. And it's something the Patriots weren't able to do last week. Special teams wise, they've been bad all year. But I do think that absolutely matters in this game. Yeah, they they need a short field. There were there were times even Sunday where they had a few like long drives, and you're like, wow, I feel like they're really marching the field here. And then you like double check, and they're at the fifty yard line still. Like they're at midfield. Like they had long fields, yes, but 
you're going to need to overcome long fields in in the modern NFL. That's just what you need to do. And I put on top of that, part of the reason they kept having long fields was even though they weren't scoring, the offense just couldn't. I know they were moving the ball, but like they weren't. <laughs> How many times did the Chargers punt from you know between the thirty and midfield? And, and you're able to pin the Patriots in that way. And and, and AJ's uh, uh, JK Scott also had a very good game. He, he he had a great game flipping the field. Bryce Barringer didn't. And that is on the special teams. Special teams player of the week, J.K. Scott. He got it. Did he? Uh, well deserved. Rolled high. Yeah. It's more than it, it, it. It's the offense contributes to field position too. That's just it. Does they do? Yeah. yeah, they shouldn't need a short field every game to get a point on the board. But right. that's kind of where they're at. Where they're going to need one or two short fields to maybe try to keep keep this game competitive. But. Uh, elsewhere, defensively, Sean Wade is out with that illness that's that's going around. Um, you know, JC bounced back last week. He had a good game, so maybe he could, you know, kind of build off that. John Jones, too. Uh, Dietrich Wise, who missed last game with that illness that seems to be going around, is back in the lineup this week. So just some other notes there defensively. Anything, any last things you had there? Thoughts on Patriots side or, or Trubisky or anything? That's pretty much it. It's 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 a tough game to break down. It's just yeah. screws up less. And I mean, we can just take that to special teams. Like that's again, it's going right. to be a, a big part of this field position, Behringer, all that. But I'm kind of at the point where I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Wright is kicking for this team tomorrow night because we walked up to practice. Uh, yesterday, and one of the first things I noticed, I think you posted a, vid- a video of it too, was Matt Wright was, you know, kicking field goals while Joe Cardona was snapping and, and Bryce Barringer was holding. He was the kicker, and Chad Ryland was just kind of back behind the field goal post catching them. So maybe that was just the time we walked in at practice or not, but I thought that was notable. And then I don't know if you noticed today, but Bill was asked about. Someone asked him, like, the Steelers and the Patriots offense statistically are, are kind of similar, but there's a big, obviously, difference in the record. What kind of is the reason for that? And he went on this kind of long answer where he said turnovers are key and just one or two teams makes a big play, you know, down the stretch, and it can help swing the record. But he also specifically, and I have the quote, he, he mentioned Chris Boswell, the, the kicker. He said Boswell's one of the best kickers in the game that's a weapon for them in those close games it's important to have that player perform on the game winning plays so i don't know if you want to take that as maybe some shade to chad ryland but like between that and matt wright kicking and them you know going for it on that fourth down late in that chargers game like maybe there's not much faith left here in in chad ryland and i don't think so i think matthew wright's going to be the kicker and maybe they don't want to cut him as a fourth round pick yet but right I wouldn't be surprised if it's Matthew Wright. Would not surprise me at all. And maybe it's, I, I don't think it means he's done. Maybe it's one of those things where they give him the rest of the season or just a couple of weeks off to reset mentally and then he comes back. But yeah, I would not be surprised if he's not, if, if Ryland's not the kicker this week. Yeah. Do, do you think that would, like you say, give him a break mentally, but don't you think it could work against them where you're benching this guy? And like, it that could, but what's of... happening right now isn't working. Yeah, but. I don't know. I would almost rather just see if he can go out there and, you know, kick his way out of the slump. And I mean, maybe he might not even get a chance to kick the way the offense is going like last week, but I'd I'd rather see him out there. You know, again, he's a fourth round pick. See if he can work out of his struggles and 
you know, then you're going into the off season with more confidence in him, or if not, like you're two and 10, like he's not costing you valuable games and playoff seating down the stretch here. I'd rather see him kind of work that out, but yeah, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm expecting Matt Wright to be the kicker here tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. You sound thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped. You're right. But um, yeah. A- any other last thoughts on special teams there or anything in general you got? Uh, no, it's pretty much, yeah. pretty much it for me. I mean, that's kind of the game, but uh, we still have some more stuff to talk about. But before we could do that, we can hear from our other friends over at SeatGeek. All right. If it loads, there we go. I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets. And with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons of full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good, and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. All right, well, there might not be a better game to use SeatGeek on this weekend than Army-Navy coming to Gillette Stadium. Alex, I know you were very excited for it. You've been to the game you know, last year. You'll be at the game this year. What do you got, Army-Navy? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm super excited. Uh, it's a football environment unlike any other. And look, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. That's still obviously you know, the best, but... I and I've been to big college football games as well. I went to Alabama, Florida State, and in, in Atlanta a few years ago. Um, it's and I think this is true across all sports. A lot of these big games now, you get that wine and cheese, pink hat crowd, you know, it gets up to like a thousand dollars a ticket. And it's not saying Army Navy isn't expensive, but it's more of a demand thing. I and in that, I mean, like, there's a lot of tickets that just are never available to the general public because so many of them are given to the academies to 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 sell. Um, and they also, you know, you have the entire student body of both schools come. So that's, you know, 10,000, 12,000 seats right there that are off the board. It's a big game and it means everything to not just the teams, but the fans. And, but it's not that it's a crowd that it's a football crowd. It is a crowd that, that is truly passionate, knows what's going on, understands the game. And it's also the way the game is played, it, it hinges on every play. It, it's a game of anticipation because there may not be like, yeah, they'll run the ball and go back and forth and punch back and forth, but it's, it, it's building to something. And you look at the game last year and obviously that was just such an unbelievable game, but, and it usually does end pretty close. Last year was the overtime game, right? Last year's first yeah. ever overtime game. They're going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, boom, army blocks a punt and for a touchdown. 
and the guy made a great play to recover the ball. And then, you know, they come back the other way and, and, and Navy breaks off this like 60 yard run. And then, uh, you know, you go to overtime and, and you have the first com- pass completion of the game is the first play of overtime for the touchdown. You have the fumble right before, like it's the, the big plays just are so the, the energy in the building is so unbelievable. When you get that big play, the way the building erupts, um, it's, it's just really special. There's obviously the pomp and circumstance of it all too, which is fantastic. I would encourage everybody they check out seat geek, check out, you know, get tickets. If you can't, and you still want to be involved, go down to Gillette in, in one of the bars there, go into Boston and in Providence. There'll be viewing parties like go or go into Boston earlier in the day. They have events, the Patriot games where students from both schools complete compete in all these different events. Uh, I think even like the debate team's doing something, just go be around it and experience the uh, energy of it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unlike everything else. And this is a line that, you know, I remember getting told this when I grew It was one of the first college football games I watched because I didn't grow up. Like we weren't big college football fans. My dad isn't, uh, but they are now, or my brother is, but, we would always watch Army Navy. And my, I remember my dad would always say the thing, and this isn't, you know, you hear Jeff Monken said this at the press conference last week. It's the only game where everybody on the field, everybody playing is willing to die for everybody watching. And there is, it sounds cheesy, but there's real power in that. You feel that when you're watching the game, it is played with that kind of passion, that kind of intensity, that kind of meaning. You don't get uh, games anymore in any sport at any level that are as pure as what army Navy is. Army Navy really is like the, what the foundations of football, the sport are all about. So I would encourage you to get involved with it as much as you can and try to find a way to enjoy it. If you can go to the game, amazing. If you can't just be down there at Gillette, look, you'll still see the flyover. You'll still see the the paratroopers and all that. You'll hear it. Um, If you are going to the game, go for March on. It's very cool to see that starts at about 12 o'clock. Game day will be here. My guy, Kirk Herbstreet, will be here. I'm going to try to meet him. That's my goal for the day. Um, ben, too. You got to meet Ben. Oh, guy. Andrew, of course. Yeah, I want to meet Ben. Kirk, whatever. I want to meet Ben. But, um, no, it really is. Everybody I've talked to outside of Evan Lazar, who hates fun, everybody <laughs> I've talked to about this game it, it says, use the term bucket list. It's a bucket list sporting event. You know, it's not like, I mean, for me, my bucket list sporting events, um, besides all the individual college football games I want to go to, right? Like the iron bowl, whatever, like army Navy, I checked off last year. That was right up there for me with the masters and Daytona. And I mean, I've already checked off the super bowl, but um, you know, that level of event, it lives up to it. It, it feels like a championship game. And yes, the college football world moves on and neither of the teams will, will play in a bowl game, but at the experience of the game itself, you feel like you're at a championship game and it feels like a championship game. And there are those kinds of emotions and that kind of intensity. And it's just, it's a special, uh, special, special day. Yep. It seems like an awesome atmosphere and especially, you know, game day will be there. So it'll be a a big thing uh, all day, except if you're Evan, I guess he probably doesn't like them running the ball 60 times. No, he's like, Oh, it's bad football. I'm like, it's (laughs) so competitive. It's, such a competitive i'd rather watch that than you know watch watch uh georgia boat race tcu 63 to 10 or whatever it was no it's 
it's good football for what it is. Like, it's not groundbreaking stuff. It's not new age, although they do run it's neither school runs the traditional triple option anymore. It's a <clears throat> modified spread triple option. There's much more shotgun concepts involved. So it, it, it's not quite as archaic as it used to be, but it's physical. If you like physical smash mouth football, close games, it, it is that it is that. So yeah, it's there. You can enjoy it. If you're not, you know, if you go in wanting to enjoy it, I promise you, you will enjoy it. If you're somebody who goes in and says, this is bad football, I'm going to hate it. Well, I, I, what am I going to do? You've made up your mind. You sound like a miserable person. If you go in with an open mind and you say, I'm going to enjoy this for what it is, a, a high-level athletic competition, you'll probably enjoy it. You probably will. Yeah. It's old school, run the damn ball, but it's going to be competitive and it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. But, it, but again, when they do hit that pass, yeah, it's they will hit a couple <laughs> when they hit that first pass because the guy's usually open. Like when they when they hit a pass, no they one's expecting hit, it. <laughs> it's not, but, but it's not even that. They don't hit like a five-yard slant. The guy gets tackled. When they hit a pass, it's 65 yards to the house. So when they hit that, all that building, like last year, it went nuts. There was one. There's like a 70-something yard touchdown pass late in the game in the second half, and it got called back. But before anybody saw the flag, that building was as electric as I've seen any building in any sport. It was unbelievable. And I like – the one thing I'm rooting for, I have a cousin whose husband is in the Navy, so that's where my rooting interest is. But really, I'm rooting for a close game because if you get a close game, you're going to get it. It's going to be a good day. Uh, it'll be a good day anyway, but close games really how it'll be a great day. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yep, and I believe it's the only college game, right? It's the on only Saturday? I think the FCS playoffs are going on, but it's the only like FBS game. Yeah. Yep. So no reason not to watch it or go and experience game day and everything. No real draft prospects this year, right? Like I know last year, not Army this year. Had that edge guy, yeah, Andre Carter. Um, yeah. No real draft prospects this year. If you want a player to watch, I'll give you a player to watch. Uh, I got to pull this up here, but last year's game. If you're familiar with last year's game, and if you're not, go watch the ending. If you want to get psyched up for this game, go watch the ending of last year. Uh, Navy has. I forget if he's a, technically a running back or if he's a fullback or or, or what his official position is, but. Anton Hall is in the backfield for Navy. Uh, he's a slot back, technically. That's his position. Um, he is a slot back. He is a junior from Florida City, Florida. And he had a he had a pretty good game last year, but he was the one who fumbled the ball on the goal line at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and watch, he was distraught. And then the next day, uh, Ken Neomalolo, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, I don't think I am, but the head coach from Navy who'd been there for, I think, 15, 16 years got fired. And there's this piece that came out that Hall kind of put that on himself and, you know, them losing the game, the coach getting fired, all of that. It really I, you felt for the kid. You did because he played a really good game up to that point. I want to see him just go off. I want to see him have a huge game because it would be such a cool story uh, for him to come out and have a big game a game like this in this yeah. game so that that's that's my player to watch anton hall from navy is the one guy i'll be looking at uh not from a draft point of view which is it'd be it, i i hope he gets a bounce back because i i did really feel for him last year and i i know i'm not alone in that yeah that'd be a cool story so should be an awesome game you can't complain about the football especially if you've been watching 12 games of the new england patriots uh this season and especially if you're going to watch the patriots steelers on thursday night which you know, if you're falling asleep near the end, you might just 
mix up Pittsburgh for Iowa at this point. So it is the lowest total in the NFL since 1993. Yeah. Is it 29 and a half? That's down to 29 and a half. Well, it might be back up to 30. McAfee had it at, at 29 and a half at some point. Let me pull it up on FanDuel very quickly. Yeah, it was the lowest. If it was 30 or lower, it was. Yeah, uh, Fandle's 30 and a half. So I believe that's still the lowest since 98 or 2000, somewhere in that range. So should be a barn burner. But uh, <laughs> Alex and I will be back to break that one down and talk all other Patriots talk, of course. Uh, I believe we will still be regularly scheduled on Monday, but make sure you subscribe to the channel and follow Patriots CLNS on Twitter so you do know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read his work, Patriots, and he'll have a bunch of Army-Navy stuff up there too, I'm sure, at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines. Go read my Patriots stuff over at PatsPulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.